Remember that big breath I had you take at the beginning? Now is another good time for a deep breath, because it's a long reading. It's a good reading. It's a reading from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, and chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of fire. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire, and I did not go up to the mountain. And God said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is heaven or above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generations of those who reject me but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slaves may have rest as well as you. Remember, you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor, neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife, neither shall you desire your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Hear, O Israel, The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. And talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. And write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Word of God, word of life. Beloved of God, grace and peace to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've run into some conversations lately with a few folks who seem to be in the same boat as me. I don't know if you fall into this boat as well. Busy? Stressed? Overwhelmed? Maybe trying to get through one day at a time? Maybe trying to figure out how it will all get done, or succumbing to the fact that it won't all get done. Maybe trying to process some big news, news in the world, or news at home. Maybe as the days and mornings especially grow darker, it's just harder to get out of bed. What I hear from others right now is that things feel tough, And in the midst of that, it might be difficult to hear a little bit of what Lutherans call law in today's text. It feels like more things to keep track of, more shall nots that create reflection for us about what we're doing and not doing. But the laws that we hear about today in this text are not meant to be a measuring stick for our lives. They're meant to be a guide for healthier relationships with our own selves, with each other, with creation, and with God. In the midst of this context, there's one commandment that really sticks out, and it's the one that begins with the verb observe. Some translations, it begins with remember. This is drastically different from the eight other commandments that begin either with shall not, there are eight of those, and one other that begins with honor. The shall not and honor commandments do have a way of evoking in us a doing attitude, that measuring stick in some way. But the observe commandment has a way of pulling us into being. I think this is important because it's marked simply by the sheer number of verses that are dedicated to this particular commandment. Did you figure out which one it is? Observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Four verses are dedicated to this important commandment. And Another bit of trivia, there's only one other commandment that also gets exactly four verses. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. 
And to me, the connection between these two commandments is no accident. When we observe the law of Sabbath, we receive the gospel. Because when we take time to rest, we tap into our own being, which allows us to tap into God. When we tap into our own being, we tap into the ultimate, I am. When we observe Sabbath, we honor our relationship with God as well as honoring the first commandment. Sabbath keeps us from making other idols and helps us to keep God at the center of our life. And let's be clear that we have the pull of many idols to keep us from wanting to observe the Sabbath, right? The first is ourselves. We tend to think if we can do a bit more, achieve a bit more, make a bit more, work a bit harder, we'll be happier, more fulfilled, more at peace. And in this, we're actually making ourselves an idol, working for our own sense of accomplishment. In our capitalistic society, which rewards this tendency to do more, doesn't help us with this idolatry. In it, we lose our understanding of the work of God in our lives and in the world. But it's also easy to idolize others in a society that prizes competition. We might scroll through social media, seeing the media-built beauty of other people's lives. We might sit at fellowship time, hear someone's amazing trip or their flawless family event. Or we might hear about someone who got that promotion or ran that race or got that grade in school or achieved that thing you always thought you would achieve. And we find ourselves idolizing them, their life, their world, and in it, we lose our understanding of the work of God in our life, in their life, and in the world. So Sabbath, then, is a form of resistance to the ways of this world that pull us from the gospel. Sabbath is resistance to idolatry. So when I've talked with folks about this over the years, one of the main questions I get is, how do we do it? Life is just so busy, it's so crazy. How do we do Sabbath? And the big thing is that you have to set aside intentional time for Sabbath. And yes, ideally that would be 24 hours, but maybe it's an hour a day, 30 minutes a day. Maybe it's a quarterly retreat. The point is, whatever time you can set aside for Sabbath is time that needs to be set aside for Sabbath. And then closely following is the question of what do we do? So we're not supposed to work or do chores or cook 
We shouldn't buy anything, consume, drive our cars, fulfill obligations. That seems like a lot of shall nots. Instead, it's nice to look at what you can do. And I imagine that a lot of the things on this list might feel like a breath of fresh air, like playing games with your family, like spending time in nature, going for a walk, reading. My favorite, napping, journaling or writing, praying or meditating, or just breathing. I remember when my spouse and I began doing Sabbath together. The first time we did a traditional Sabbath, the full 24 hours, as close as we could get to doing all the things on that list and not doing the other things, we covered up all the clocks in our house. We turned off our phones. We put a pot of soup on the crock pot the night before so we wouldn't cook. And we planned to do all sorts of the resting. And by what I assume was midday, because we didn't have the clock, so I don't know, but it was probably midday, I fell apart <laughs> hysterically. I was crying, I was laughing, and I did not know why. But the Holy Spirit had come and danced on my Sabbath heart and had lifted every burden and it had named my life for what it was. And I learned in that moment that Sabbath is meant to set us free. It's a place where the grace of God enters us through the love of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And while I don't practice Sabbath in the same way anymore, the two-year-old in tow, what has remained the same and what remains the same for all of us in the midst of Sabbath is God's enduring grace for our lives. And that grace is meant to heal us, to transform us, and it is the good news of God. When we slow down and turn our hearts away from idolatry and towards God, God will so move. God of hope will provide you with perspective. The God of healing will provide balm for your body, mind, and soul. And the God of grace will return you to breath. It's the very place where we can remember that we are God's beloved children. Not because of what we do, not because of how other people see us, but because of who we are in the eyes of God, fearfully and wonderfully made all of our rough edges, all of our wounds, all of our uniqueness. It's all held in a beautiful, safe, and loving space of Sabbath rest.
we are rejoiced in by God, and we can more easily rejoice in God when we take the time to be. No matter if you're keeping the Sabbath or not, God is with you. Whether you are feeling stressed, overwhelmed, angry, tired, lonely, whether you're grieving, discerning, questioning, anxious, insecure, worried, remember that the Lord your God will bring you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God will hold you, sustain you, heal you, and transform you. Thanks be to God. Amen.